Hello Voices, my name is Joe Choi and I'm a multi-award-winning voiceover and host of a voiceover's audio adventure podcast. A bi-weekly show where I learn about the voiceover and audio industry and share with you all the stories, tips and tricks along the way. We all love watching films, right? The car chases and action scenes, that gruesome monster in your favourite horror film that used to give you nightmares, or even a scene that doesn't need words, only visuals and plucks those heartstrings. That world of film is amazing, but have you ever thought about those who are visually impaired and can't see these amazing scenes, soaking emotions visually on screen? Today's adventure is about audio description. Audio description is what it says on the tin. It's used to describe body language, expressions and other movements, making the program or event clear through sound and is used for the most part for people with visual impairments. This can be found at the cinema, at home to watch your favourite film, at the theatre, gallery, the list goes on. Although I have been aware of audio description for as long as I can remember, it's only recently that I have been introduced to it as a voiceover. I've worked on a couple projects to date and I must say it's not the easiest job in the world. That being said, it's very fulfilling to know that your work is being used to give someone the chance to do something they could not have done before. As I'm a newbie to this niche, I have much more questions than answers. I think it's time to hear from some other voiceovers and get their insights. My name is Fern Lullum, and being blind, audio communication has always been important to me. I remember throughout my life, I just wanted to be on the radio. I always wanted to be part of it. And I studied radio broadcast communication both in the UK and then in the USA for my university degree. And I even managed to get some work as a radio presenter. Just over two years ago, my big audio description moment came along when one of my colleagues in the radio industry posted on their social media that they had narrated some audio description for a film. I knew from that moment that being a provider as well as a user of audio description was something I really wanted to achieve. And luckily, my colleague very kindly gave me the contact details of the person who had hired her, and they hired me too. So I started as an audio describer on a very short film for a film festival. But as my experience and my confidence grew, I suddenly found myself narrating AD for major productions, which was incredible. I'm just so proud of the work that I'm doing now and I absolutely love it. In terms of some of my notable work, I think as a big fan of Ed Sheeran, I would have to start with The Sum of It All, which streams on Disney+. Plus. I could hardly believe it when I was offered the chance to narrate the AD for that documentary about Ed's life. I suppose for me, it's not just notable for its profile, but also because despite his fame, so much of Ed's life is relatable. And as someone with a disability, I think one of the most important things I've learned is that although on the surface our lives might seem very different, when it comes to emotions, we all are so remarkably similar. I think the sum of it all was a really powerful reminder of that and it was just such a pleasure for me to help make it more accessible to people. To be honest, I'd say the main thing I dislike about audio description is just there's not enough of it. So in the UK, TV companies are only required to describe 
10% of their content, that's tiny. And that just doesn't sound like equality for blind people for me. And although some companies do, of course, exceed that 10%, there's still far too many programs that aren't audio described. Some people say that cost is a barrier to that, but I actually think that's quite a lame excuse. I know I've spoken to really quite high profile people in the industry who have said before that actually filmmakers often spend more on snacks on the set than it would reasonably cost for them to provide audio description in their productions. So there's no excuse. And, you know, it's the same in cinemas and theatres. There's this massive shortage. I've done quite a lot of work around this. And what I've found is that if a performance in a theatre is described at all, it can actually only be for like one or two performances in a whole run. So if you're a blind person and that's at a time that you can't make, you're effectively just excluded from that performance altogether. In terms of cinemas, although undeniably more films are audio described now, the staff at the cinema quite often aren't aware of the equipment that's available to deliver that audio description or that equipment just doesn't work. So you can't use it. As you can imagine, that puts you in a really difficult position as a blind person because then what do you do? Do you stay? Especially if you're with your friends, do you just sort of listen and hope to follow the story but not really get it? It's a really hard dilemma and it's something that actually, it might not sound like a lot, but it can have a huge impact on a person. Hi, my name's Ketan Majmadar. I started my voice acting journey officially in 2020, talking specifically about audio description. My first job was a short film later in that year in October, with my move into feature films in late 2022. The most notable project I worked on was All That Breathes. This was a foreign language documentary which won at Sundance and Cannes, as well as being nominated for an Oscar. I wrote and voiced the audio description for this project. I also voiced a character for an NPC within a gaming IP called 2112. It was a long monologue and it was a great character to play. What I love about audio description is that it's enabling and expanding accessibility to the creativity and hard work of the creators and allowing these worlds to be shared with a wider audience. Also, how it can highlight very specific details of a scene or action that can often be taken for granted. Probably the thing that I dislike most about audio description is a technical thing. It's usually very quick turnarounds and often it's created after a film or show has been completed. So it can be challenging sometimes to get the essence of a scene over within a very limited time between dialogue or key sound effects. I'm Marilana Gant and I'm a voiceover artist and actor. I've been a full-time voiceover artist for about three years now and I've been working on audio description projects for roughly a year and a half. I've been lucky enough to work on some really cool projects for audio description. I've worked on commercials through to documentaries, animations, TV series and films. Some of the clients I've worked for have been Amazon, BFI, Virgin Media and Universal. I love working on audio description projects. They're actually some of my favourite projects to work on. And one of the reasons for this is that I'm just a huge TV and film buff. So anything that allows me to watch TV and films for work is something I'm going to love. Um, but the most important reason is that a couple of years ago, my brother had an accident involving his eyes, which led to some vision loss. And it was around this time that I was first introduced to audio description, just coming across it on TV. And it became increasingly clear to me that a lot of our world is really inaccessible for a lot of people, and it shouldn't be. 
so I'm really passionate about making sure that projects I work on are accessible to as many people as possible. An audio description is a fantastic way of making sure that the amazing shows and films and documentaries that are being released are accessible to as many people as possible. It's so interesting to hear everyone's experiences. It makes so much sense that people with vision impairments could and should be used where possible to do audio description. The consensus is that there is a definite passion for what they do and the feeling of enabling others as much as it is work is rewarding enough. It's a lot of work and very quick turnaround. So if there isn't a passion or motivation there, it can make your job a lot harder. So I've heard from the voiceovers who perform the audio description. Now let's speak with someone who also produces and works in the industry behind the scenes. I reached out to a friend of mine, Sonia Castello-Branco, accessibility lead at Motion Picture Solutions and someone who I've had the pleasure in working with. I wanted to ask what it takes to be successful in audio description, the process of writing descriptions to scenes, the different types of audio description and more. First of all, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, this has been a long time in the, time in the making. So yeah, it means a lot for you to take time out and actually chat with me. So um, I know who you are, but for the people listening, would you like to introduce yourself and tell them what it is that you do? Yeah, so I'm Sonia. I am an audio describer, but also... I'm leading the accessibility department at a company that does stuff for digital cinema. So I kind of project manage all the films that come in and get them audio described. Okay. So what is audio description, describing, describing? <laughs> Could you explain more about that? Yeah. So audio description is basically translating visuals for someone that can't see them. You know, you can have audio description at the cinema, on a TV show, you know, on Netflix, at the theatre, a museum. You're basically describing, you know, for a film, you're describing mm. what the characters look like, the locations, anything that's relevant that helps fill in the gaps of a story that someone can't see. So audio description is predominantly for a blind and partially sighted audience, but it's beneficial to anyone. Like if you find it hard to concentrate watching a film, audio description can keep you focused on, you know, if there's like a long scene where like nothing's really happening, the audio description can keep you in it. Um, Or if you're doing stuff around the house, it's like an audio, like an advanced audio book because you've got the music, you've got the sound effects, you've got the actors doing the dialogue, and then you've got a narrator yeah. telling you what's happening. So it's okay. it's good for everyone, really. How did you get into such a, a niche area in audio? Well, it's an, a, a bit of an annoying story. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got time, come on. Know, well, you know how you hear about people saying they're in the right, place at the right time it's it's one of those um but so at at uni I did media studies drama production and creative writing and I I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do but I knew it was something something 
in that area. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then when I left, I was a runner in a post-production company. And then I was like a production assistant at QVC, the shopping channel. Um, <laughs> I, and then I was working in a tape library at a post-production, post-production company. And I don't know what happened. Either they ran out of budget or the person that was supposed to be doing the voiceover became unavailable. But they asked if anyone could do the voiceover for an audio description. And I volunteered. And they're like, oh, well, what experience do you have? I was like, well, I do drama <laughs> <they> do. uni. <laughs> yeah. So um, I did that. And I'd never heard of audio description before. And it was like, wow, I didn't know this existed. This is really cool. Um, I think I kind of wanted to do voiceovers anyway, because I'm a little bit shy and I I feel like it would suit me better because you're kind of hidden mm. a little bit. Hidden, yeah. Um, so we did that first one. I think the second one that I did, because after that they just kept asking me to do it. The second one I ever did was um, The Duchess with Kira Knightley. Okay. So it was a big film. And I remember going to the cinema when it came out with my friends and we asked for the headphones because I did not believe that they would use my voice on like a proper film and so me and my friends were like sat in the cinema and my voice came through and we were all like (laughs) oh my god oh my god um yeah so it was really exciting but yeah so that's how I got initially got into it and then that was 2008 and 2009 that I was doing those and then I moved home for a couple of years and when I came back to London I was like I really want to learn how to do the scripting side Um, So I got in touch with um, the guy that was in charge of audio description at one of the big companies. Um, It was called ITFC and now it's called Deluxe and they do a lot of audio description. And I just called him and I was like, how do I do this? And he was so kind. He just invited me in, um, set me some homework. Actually, while I was there, he was like, okay, I want you to write down on a piece of paper like as many ways of saying walks, the man walks into the room as you can think of. And I was like, I just went completely blank. I was like, oh my God, yeah. I can't uh, pressure. Because basically you have to find interesting ways of saying things or like more, you know, specific. How is that person walking? Is he hobbling? Is he, you mm. know, striding? Like it really makes a difference to a description. Anyway, so he sent me away, sent me some homework. And then he really liked that. So he invited me in and gave me freelance work, which was amazing. I didn't know you just have to ask. <laughs> so yeah, and then and then from there, um, someone who I used to work with was working at the company I work at now. And he found out that I was doing audio description and he invited me, well, his the CEO of that company invited me in to sort of show them how to do it. And then okay. I've been freela- freelancing for them ever since. And then I more recently started doing the the managing of the project. So what skills do you think you need in order to do your job? So in the UK, they most of the time, the person that's scripting is also voicing. So you, you need to be a good writer. You need to be a good listener as well, because, you know, sometimes in the dialogue, they'll do your job for you. Like they'll say something mm. like, oh, I really love your dress 
the blue brings out the color of your eyes. So you now don't have to describe that person's dress or the color of their eyes because it's been done. Like on the voicing side of things, you have to not take the attention away from the film. So you can't be like overly animated. So you have to be quite neutral, but also sort of reflect the scene that's happening as well. Mm. So you kind of have to be sense the tone and that kind of thing without stealing the show. Would you say it's different from being a narrator then? I don't know. I think it's similar. What do you think? Because you you had a a go at it. (laughs) Yes, I did have a go at it. So you want to talk about me now? Um, (laughs) Well, it's, it's, I, spoiler alert, um, I actually came down to the studios, um, I think it was a week ago or two, cannot remember. But um, yeah, I, I did have a discussion with you and I said that I felt when I was doing the job with you, I felt like I was being too narrator I was being a narrator and I was trying to be monotone, but the narrator in me wanted to be expressive. I wanted to play with inflections and do all of this stuff but you said it was good so I'm happy but yeah I I feel like there's this middle ground that you kind of need to hit between being a narrator and then obviously you know not like a not like an AI voice so much so to speak but it's kind of like that monotone read with the the emotion and expression kind of in the middle would you agree would you disagree with that yeah I think I'd agree like for because that was a trailer that you did I would say it's kind of you can add a bit more to it just because it's a trailer and it is a bit more Mm. punchy and also I just used to really love you know that like 90s trailer guy in a land yeah yeah time or whatever (laughs) I just feel like a trailer needs a little bit more but yeah yeah definitely just like a neutral kind of you're, you don't want to bore the people who are listening to it, but you don't want to detract from the, the film or whatever. And like, yeah. also in terms of like the writing of the script, you want to be careful about using, you need to be a good writer, but you also need to know, don't use a really complicated word because that person's then going to stop watching the film to be like, what does that word mean? <laughs> and then you, yeah. you haven't done your job properly. So what is the process from putting um, the AD to an image? Like, what does the brief look like when it comes into you, if you're allowed to talk about it? Yeah, well, they kind of lead you to it. There are guidelines, general guidelines. Mm. Um, You basically, so the process of how I would do it is I would watch the whole film so that I know where it's going and what is relevant visually to get the full story across I time it because we have to do all the timings for it as well so I time it as I script it as someone else I know times all the bits of silence between the dialogue so that she knows how much time she has to fill yeah whereas because I'm writing it as I'm timing it I'll write way too much information and then I'll have to edit all of it down Uh, to fit in the space that there is yeah so like I said before you just kind of have to sort of say what people look like what their facial expressions are doing anything that sort of helps 
kind of elaborate on what's being said, basically. Like one of the guidelines was, you know, you shouldn't mention race if it's not relevant to the plot. And Mm. I think it was like 2018, I was thinking to myself, like a film came in where like the main family in the film were black. And I was like, I feel like this is the first time I've seen a film where the main characters are black and the film has got nothing to do with race. And I was like, this feels like important to say who is being represented because it's just going to be assumed these people are white if I don't say something. So I think now I'm just, I think it's important to just, if there's time to say it, you should say everyone who's being represented, um, whether race is part of the story or not, because it's important, I think. Yeah, Um, So yeah, basically, uh, there's like guidelines, but every single film is completely different. So there's always some challenge that you have to figure out what you're going to do. Oh, just going back to your question before about like the skills you need, like to voice an audio description, like a feature length audio description, like you need quite a lot of stamina. It can take a long time, especially if you're recording yourself, because you have to make sure that you're actually reading what's in the script, what that you're saying it in a way that makes sense. You know, it's got the right tone. You know, you have to really check, check it back to make sure that it, you know, you have said what is there. So it's quite time consuming and it's not as well yeah. paid as like normal voiceover stuff that you can do in much less time. Yeah, it does take a long time. I haven't done a long form one yet, but I could imagine they do take a while. So the brief comes in, you write the copy, you then look for voices. Once you've found those voices, what is, you know, how... You, you touched upon it briefly just now, but what is the actual recording session? What does it look like? And if you are involved in a session, what is your role in a session? There's specific AD software where it has all the timings lined up and it only lets you record within those timings. So say you start a bit late and then you don't finish before the end of that timeline, it will cut you off. So you have to do it again to fit mm. into that time. Um, whereas I found like some new workflows so that I can work with people who aren't specifically audio describers because a lot of audio describers have their own software. Um, now I'm working with voiceovers who don't necessarily do audio description, but we found a way to import the script into whatever recording software they have so that they have the timings and that they can record that way it's a bit more fiddly because I think you have to be a bit more you have to manually place things in the right places yeah so recently actually one of our clients wanted a celebrity to do the the voiceover so they asked me to be in the recording session to sort of direct it and I basically spent a lot of time just saying can you say um, ah instead of the or the instead of ah? Because if if something hasn't already been introduced, like a pig walks into the room, yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> um, if you say the pig walks into the room, the person listening is going to be like, what pig? 
uh, that pig's never been mentioned before. Why Why is it the yeah. pig? So I kept having to say it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm really sorry. You're going to kill me by the end of this <laughs> session. But can you say, ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I was driving her mad. But um, yeah, so basically if you're, if I'm sitting in the session with someone, I'm basically reading the script and making sure that it's what's being said is correct. Because it, it might not seem like that important, but it can then start confusing the story if, if it's not right. And then um, once it's been recorded, then what? What happens with that recording? Do you then edit yourself or does that go to somewhere else? So then we send the recording to um, our sound guy who works at the company. He'll clean it up um, and then do bits and pieces to basically the stuff we're working on is going to the cinema. So once he's cleaned it, it'll all be in the right place. We'll then send that to our QC team who will watch the film with the audio description playing just to make sure everything's where it should be. And, you know, the descriptions are correct. Uh, Yeah. And then it goes into the cinema. And like I said before, you can ask for headphones and most films will have audio description on so you can go and listen to it. That's cool. And then... If there was someone out there that wanted to get into either what you do on your side or even the voiceover side, what are you looking for? And are there places that they can maybe learn more or get training or stuff like that? It's a really annoying field. Like there's not much out there. Like I, cause I, when I was started doing audio description, like I really felt like I really had to teach myself. Mm. Um, because there weren't really any courses or anything. Um, I think, uh, UCL does, um, a summer course for audio visual translation. I think they cover audio description there and there's an audio description training, like an online training on future learn, but it's more sort of geared towards theater audio description. Okay. So I I recently started sort of watching that and it's kind of, yeah, again, not, on film stuff, you know, record it because theatre is live. So how does that work? Well, so they 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 do it in advance. They'll have like a, a video of the show. They'll have seen it before. And then okay. they sort of script it. They, they all, they'll also have the script. So they'll sort of script it. But obviously the actors do it differently every night. So exactly. you just have to make sure you're going to say the description when they're not talking. Um, I, okay. I don't know how the live audio describers do it. It's quite scary. I think. Yeah, the, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even know, but it, obviously it makes sense. Like like you said in the beginning of our chat, it's used for people, you know, with um, you know, can't, can't see. So it makes sense. You know, so in all instances in life, you're going to need that. So why would it be different for theatre? Silly me. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. I went to see one literally before, like it was the Friday and then on the Monday, everything went into lockdown um, at the beginning of COVID. And um, it was, it was really a great experience. And also it, the good thing about theatre audio description is before the the play started, they'll, they'll go into like, into depth about what the stage looks like and like what the characters wow. look like. Cause there's probably not time to say it while during the play. So it's, quite good in that way but in terms of like resources for people that want to do ad for films or tv 
um, the best thing you can do is just listen to AD, like as much AD as you can. Can you hear the ice cream, Ben? Making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you have so to like, wait. Just listen to it. Wait until the interview's finished, then you can go out and get it. So a <laughs> little bit longer. Um, so yeah, like on Netflix, you can just put, I don't know if you put on the subtitles, but it's in the same place where you'd find the subtitles. You can just put the audio description on. And I just like listened to loads of audio description and just sort of saw, you know, bits that I could use or bits that don't really work. And that's a good way of learning. Um, also, Netflix has audio description guidelines online, which are quite good to read. Okay. And they're quite concise. The European Blind Union has just um, released a handbook on high quality audio description. It is really long. It's like 98 pages and that's just the first part. But that's like more in depth look at it so it's there's ways of kind of learning about it it's just reaching out to the companies that do it to see if they can yeah help um i, I guess it's kind of like with any creative field it's just doing the, the the hard work the the graph getting kind of a portfolio and experience and reaching out to people at the end of the day yeah because you can just you could just take a program and then try and write your own ad script for it and that would be a good way yeah. of going to a company and saying that this is what I haven't done it before, but this is what I've done on, you know, off my own back. And mm -hmm. that would be quite helpful. Okay. Last question. And this is just a fun one. What is your dream job in AD? Don't, okay. I don't want no ice cream, man. I'm in AD. Okay. Cause I was going to say, um, <laughs> like one where I got to swim with sharks, um, but that has nothing to do with it. For um, another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so on the voiceover front, like I always wanted to do the voice on the tube. That was like a dream or, you know, like the mm. come dine with me guy. Being oh able yeah, to yeah, do yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where he's kind of a bit sarcastic, you know, there's like loads of personality <laughs> to it. Yeah. Um, but on the on the AD side, I feel like the job I'm doing would be the perfect job if the client sent us the films, like not like 10 minutes before they're about to be released. <laughs> um, you know, if we had like loads of time to do it so that you could do it like properly so you could get... Mm you know, like blind voice over artists involved. Like I have done a couple of projects where there was enough yeah. time that I could adjust the workflow so that we could have a blind voiceover do it. And then I I sort of put all the recordings into the right place and it took, it took ages, but I was just like, this mm. needs to happen. And if there was just more money behind it, because there's just like a real lack of value in accessibility which is a shame because, yeah. you know, people who are disabled deserve to have the same things that people who, who aren't. Um, so yeah. like the job I'm doing now would be great if there was more money, more time. Um, <laughs> but sadly, there aren't those things. <laughs> and also, if they just thought about accessibility while they're making the film, rather than just like mm. plonking it onto the end. Because, you know, sometimes yeah. there's just no space to say what's happening. So, mm. yeah. Well, thank you for giving me not your dream job. And, you know, but thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> we were meant to end this on a high. And he just ended it on a low. Thanks for that. 
Well, you never know. Maybe one day. <laughs> Maybe. I'll get those things. Maybe. Well, Sonia, thank you again for joining me today. Um, we got through it in the end, but um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people out there are going to use this and probably get in contact with you. So be ready for an influx of emails <laughs> of people wanting to okay. do AD. So yeah. Okay. And just <laughs> for those people, like it takes me a really long time to respond, but I will. Eventually. It does. It does, people. <laughs> so be prepared. <laughs> All right, then. Well, thank you again, Sonia. And um, yeah, have a great rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. So what did I take away from today's conversation? If you're enjoying the rating, this is definitely something that you can get into. It's not exactly the same, but it's a good starting point when starting off. Even though I've never had to write a script, if you want to excel and do bigger jobs in audio description, most of the time you will be expected to write your own script. So creative writing should be expected on your CV in some way, shape or form. Even though you can thrive in this part of the industry, it is still very small and not a lot of demand out there. That's not saying that people don't need it, but the lack of education out there means that both visually impaired and fully sighted people don't know if or where it's available this needs to be changed and finally like any creative field in order to get into it you have to know what you are doing and most of the time the only way to learn is to consume the medium so if you want to get into this field as a video put on those audio descriptions next time you watch your fave show and take notes Thank you, Sonia, and everyone that contributed to today's episode. I've put everyone's details in the show notes below so you can reach out if you have any questions. Thanks for listening, everyone. Another adventure done. Until next time, bye.